Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Body Wrappers Angela Luzio is known for its fine Angela Luzio shoes and its amazing assortment of styles and colors of total stretch tights. Tyler Peck, principal dancer with the New York City Ballet, is its spokesperson and designer of Tyler Peck designs that fit perfectly, move well with the body, and won't ride up in the back. Tyler's designs are ideal for summer intensives during class and summer showcases. Body Wrappers makes additional apparel for all disciplines. You may view their many products at bodywrappers.com or to purchase Body Wrappers, visit your favorite dance shop or online store. To review and buy the entire collection of Tyler Peck designs, go to dancewearcorner.com. This episode is brought to you by San Francisco Ballet. I'm Rebecca King Ferraro. And I'm Michael Breeden. And you're listening to Conversations on Dance. Today on Conversations on Dance, we speak with Dwight Roden, founding artistic director and resident choreographer of Complexions Dance Company. Despite a late start in dance, Roden danced for numerous major companies, including as a principal with Alvin Ailey American Dance Theater. Partnering with acclaimed performer Desmond Richardson, Roden co-founded Complexions in 1994, a company often cited as America's original multicultural dance company. With its profound commitment to diversity and new contemporary work, Complexions has achieved international acclaim. Roden has choreographed over 80 works for Complexions, in addition to works created for the Mariinsky Ballet, the New York City Ballet, the Joffrey Ballet, and many others. Today, we talk to Dwight about his beginnings as a dancer, what's next for Complexions, and the work he most recently created at San Francisco Ballet's Unbound Festival. Thank you, Dwight, for joining us today. It's so Absolutely. great to have you here with us in our studio upstairs. Let's <laughs> go ballet. Wonderful. Good to be here. So you started dancing at 17 years old. Uh, what initially interested you in dance, and what were some of the challenges with that relatively late start? Yeah, it was definitely a late start. Um, you know, I always danced, but it was just, you know, social dancing and right. going to, you know, school dances back in the 
back in the day. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit older than you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think I had no idea that it actually um, existed a career in dance. Like I never knew that that was even possible. Of course, my sisters went to ballet, but I didn't pay any attention to them. <laughs> um, and so I think what it was was I was always in a dance contest every weekend at school, mm-hmm. at the school dance. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds very <laughs> old school, but that's the truth. And um, I would compete, and I'd make up my own routines, mm-hmm. but it was just, you know, it had no technical base. I wasn't trained in any way, shape, or form. And there was a girl who was a trained dancer mm-hmm. who was also entering into the contest every week, and we became really good friends. Right. She would always win first prize, and I would get, like, second prize. Because I had, like, a, a bigger girl, and I was, like, a string bean, so I couldn't do complicated lifts. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> and she could. She was a, a little thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she, um, she convinced me one day. She's like, you're, like, really good. You should, like, get some formal training and consider at least coming to a ballet class right. or a modern class. Right. And, and, you know, and so she convinced me and I walked in the door to this place, which was in my hometown of Dayton, Ohio, Dayton uh-huh. Contemporary Dance Company. It was a small company at the time. And it, that was it. I was just hooked. I couldn't believe what I saw. I couldn't believe the discipline. I couldn't believe the form. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe that this was people were doing this for real. These were, right. you know, young professionals. And, uh-huh. and I just was turned on. And that was it. So what styles did you start studying right away? Were you only doing contemporary? Or did you also do some structured ballet to kind of? No, we took ballet uh-huh. probably, I think, maybe three to four times a week. Mm-hmm. And then we had our modern classes sort of on the other days. Yeah. It was like a six-day week, and I was like, you know, I had a job. I was a cashier at a grocery yeah. store mm-hmm. in, you know, in high school, yeah. and I, like, quit my job immediately and, you know. Two of, right <laughs> yeah, I was just like, I was hooked. I, yeah. I just couldn't believe it, and I was, you know, so at home with moving, and, you know, I progressed really quickly for some reason. I had a good body for dance, yeah. which was, I'm lucky, helpful. <laughs> helpful so. How did you like the structure of ballet? I feel like sometimes it's kind of like a turnoff for kids, especially if you're a little, starting a little bit later, maybe you just wanted the freedom of dancing. Was it too much for you? No, I kind of, I don't know. I kind of welcomed it, yeah. and I love the challenge, mm-hmm. and it seemed to sit in my, actually, Ballet seemed to sit in my body very comfortably, uh-huh. even being, you know, I was actually pretty much turning 18. It was my senior year in high school. Uh-huh. And I just was, you know, turned on by the form and, the, mm-hmm. and, and you know, the things that I, I would see they, that they were doing with their bodies. Right. At the time, I had no idea what anything was called. <laughs> and, you know, I was just like, I want to do that. And there were really no men Mm-hmm. Um, in this school or company, there were a few, but right. not you know not many to speak of. Yeah. So I'm wondering um, when you were making these early dances without your formal training, what were you drawing from then? You, if you didn't have uh, you know vocabulary, who were you um, sort of modeling yourself after? Um, you know, to be honest with you, I would see things on television like um, the Carol Burnett Show. <laughs> <laughs> there were always a da- there was always a dance number. Oh. Now, now this is really going to date me, but like the Lawrence Welk show, mm-hmm. like all of these old. There were a lot of variety shows on TV yeah. back right. then, and there were dancers supporting the mm-hmm. the singer. Dance or, was more prevalent, right? It, it was. There TV were like a bunch of production numbers and and things like that. And I was just uh, I I would model it after that, but also I. I don't know. I, I started making stuff before I even knew what that was. Right. I didn't even know what the word choreography was, to be honest with you. It was just so natural for you. So, yeah. So, like, creating things and training all, and dancing mm-hmm. always worked hand in hand for me. Mm-hmm. And once I figured out that I have a lot of work to do mm-hmm. in order to become a professional, I was like, 
you know, head deep into right. working and just. So how many years of training did you have before you went into your professional career? Well, it's kind of hard to say because um, because they didn't have any men in this company, and this was a professional company, as we were touring and everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, six months in, I was in their second company. Wow. <laughs> but it was a need. I mean, let's not say that I was good enough. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, they saw. I think they saw the potential, mm -hmm. and they saw the passion for sure. Because I was, they had to throw me out at the studio at the end of the day because I was always working on something yeah. or trying to stretch out this body and work <laughs> on my feet and, you know, all of those things. I was just this young guy, like, knowing that if there was ever a chance to have a career in this in this field, I needed to, like, you know, focus. Do it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So how long were you then with that um, company before you went on to dance with Alvin Ailey? Um, I, was in, I was in Dayton Contemporary for about three, four years. Mm -hmm. But then I went to Le Ballet Jazz to Montreal. Okay. Yeah. And that was my next company. And I had, you know, it was kind of unheard of to like get into a company. I mean, this was, these were really, you know, everybody was full of experience except for me. <laughs> so I always felt like I was, you know, faking it a little bit. Fake but it I was, you make it. That's what we said. <laughs> I was a good, you know, what do you call it? Emulator, imitator. Yeah. So I could imitate something, not really have the strength or know how to do it. And luckily I had a good body line and right. I was flexible right. and my body was just agile. So I just uh, did a lot of um, faking it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that probably made you be able to pick up choreography really fast if you're, you know, that was how you learned so quickly. Yeah, it's like a mimic. Yeah, it, it, it really was. And and then, you know, I would gather the strength the more mm -hmm. the more I went and I, I would train like even after, you know, a full day of rehearsal, I would go and take another ballet class somewhere over at Le Grand Ballet or wherever right. I could because I just knew that, you know, I needed more, right. more of this. So how did that jump come about? What, what Were you exploring other companies at that point? What about that spoke to you? I think because back then there were, really wasn't the Internet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I remember starting to feel like I wanted to explore other things when I was in my hometown. I wanted bigger and you know, I had these dreams. Mm -hmm. I sent my resume to probably every company you could think of mm -hmm. in America. Not every company, but many of them, many right. of the ballet companies. And over in Europe, I sent my resume out, too. Because mm -hmm. back then, it was all about mailing it. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, a little package with good pictures, yeah. everything printed, right. you know. Um, so <clears throat> I, the first one that called me to come in for an audition was Le Ballet Jazz. And I was just like, yes. So I went up there audition and I got the job and I, I had I did not expect to get the job right. just not really after four years of dancing no, yeah. I didn't expect it did you immediately like it there is that why you decided to take it or were you just looking for something new and exciting well you know the ballet jazz at that time was they're a little bit different company we did contemporary work mm -hmm. but we also did things like ebony concerto by john cranko it was mm -hmm. it was my first exposure to point shoes and partnering women on point oh wow and then that was a whole nother thing that was just turn on i was just like yes because you know everyone kept trying to push me towards classical mm -hmm. but i just felt like it was too late to really have a career mm -hmm. and i might have been wrong to be honest with you just because I improved, I think, rather quickly for mm -hmm. a young guy. But I was so enamored with the classical ballet. Mm -hmm. But that company, what was attractive about it is that they did a little bit of everything. Right, right. And um, somehow I fit in. Somehow she took me into the company mm -hmm. and I progressed. And, and I had a, an amazing time there. 
And then how long were you there before you went to Ely then? Um, three years. Okay. And then three what years. made you want to go to Ailey? Where well, I have been auditioning principal? for Ailey all along. Uh, okay. <laughs> this you always my, had your eye on it. <laughs> I had my eye on it. And I had a chance to work with Alvin Ailey himself out before I got there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he knew me by name and he knew me by name because I would audition yearly. <laughs> <laughs> so it was my third audition. And okay. I wasn't going to go. I was going to go to Europe mm-hmm. um, after Le Ballet Jazz. And... Um, I actually moved to Paris for like six months in there mm-hmm. just to go around. And I did, you know, I did like gigging jobs where, you know, you dance and do like eight tota- you know, eight Russian splits every <laughs> night and pirouettes. And, you know, it was a big flashy show uh-huh. type stuff. So I did little shows and stuff mm-hmm. there. And um, I decided, uh, a, a good friend of mine said, you know, you have to go back one more time. You're never going to know. I was like, I don't want to go. He doesn't like me, you know, blah, blah, blah. I walk in the door and he tells me, he calls me by name. Mm-hmm. And there were like, I don't know, so many different men. I mean, it was so packed. Uh-huh. And it was he a said, call audition. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, it was huge. And, and he called me by name. And 15 minutes into the audition, I got the job. How does how did that yeah, even come that about? Happen? They it's stop like, you at bar. You, you're good. You can leave. You're, so you're here's a, here's the, stu- the the crazy story is that there was this turn <laughs> uh-huh. that would go all the way down to Grand Plié and come back up. Do you guys know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Go yeah, all yeah. the way yeah, yeah. really deep in your legs and come back, back. up. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. And I kept biting the dust and <laughs> I just kept falling and so falling. You were trying so hard for it. Oh my God! And he said, <laughs> Dwight, you know, Alvin was famous for Dwight. Please, you got the job if you just please never do that turn again. <gasps> uh- <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, all right. You're like, I'm literally leaving. I'm right literally, now so and, I but you know, I should say before that, I had, I was so anxious that I kicked the ballet master in the middle of the first combination oh, we no. did after the bar. We got out there, and he was like right there, and I kicked him, and I, I, I was making a big spectacle of myself. It was just. I was so embarrassed. I can remember as a kid. That, that's such a great lesson to learn, though. When you think like everything's going bad, it's just it's that you showed the passion and that you cared. And that's the kind of thing that stands out in auditions. Not necessarily, not that you weren't talented. You were obviously very talented, but I think kids get so hung up in that, yeah. like trying to be so perfect. And really it's just like, show your personality, try to be you. If you mess up, you mess up. Everyone's human. You know? And I think because it was the third one, I was really like, I don't care. I'm just going right. to be me. I'm just going to go for it. Right. And I go, I went, went for it and kicked someone. And then I, you know, went for it and kept falling out of this turn. <laughs> and he was just like, you know what? You're, you know, just don't, ever do this turn again and then I had the nerve to go up to the table after he told me I got the job and said is it okay that I continue to stay in the audition because I want to learn the rest of the choreography oh my gosh, and he was sweet. like yeah but just when that turn comes don't, don't do, do it, it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't look <laughs> that's so good so what were those initial years like dancing with the company um, Ailey, it was amazing I, I mean I just couldn't believe I was where I was having started you know Six years ago, really, oh five or gosh. six years ago. Yeah. I just really couldn't fathom that that company would be interested. But I think, as you said, it mm-hmm. was something other than just my abilities. Mm-hmm. There was, I think he knew me, he saw my passion, he saw my commitment. Um, and he, and I was more, believe it or not, looked a little bit more classical than some of the other dancers. And I think Alvin was always really turned on by ballet. Mm-hmm. He loved ballet. Yeah. And so he would always, you know, actually when he was passing away, we would always go and visit him in his last days and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he would say, oh, Dwight, how many turns did you do today? You know, he was always interested in, you know, pushing. And he would push me in rehearsal to like, you know, do one more mm-hmm. of something or go hold something a little longer. He was 
he was awesome guy, you know, just really into, he was passionate too. Right. And I think maybe we, you know, had some sort of link there. We saw in each other that because he started very late too. Yeah. How was choreography um, fitting into the mix of this for you? You you obviously had an interest in it when you were making dances back at the the school dance. But uh, (laughs) did you have to kind of focus more singularly on your own dancing and leave choreography for a while or just never left i mean i would always do it on the side my my poor friends were always like Mm -hmm. you know being asked can you come in i just want to like work on this something to this music Mm -hmm. i did that even at the at the dayton company in my hometown le ballet jazz and certainly then later on at ale Mm -hmm. so it was always sort of over here on the side Mm -hmm. just a bit and um i think more than anything, I just knew that that was going to be a part of my trajectory. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, it wasn't just going to be dancing uh-huh. and my passion for creating things, it was there. Right. But I had to kind of put it on hold, but I always was doing things. Right. You know. Did Ailey always know that you had that interest in choreography and did he kind of help push you or encourage you in any way? Yeah, we were on tour one time and uh, we met. Um, we were in Lausanne, Switzerland, and we went met Bejar, Maurice Bejar. Mm-hmm. And he introduced me to him and said, oh, here's our future competition. You know? yeah. like, so I, could, I, could al- I always kind of knew that he was on my – because I had done some things in the school. I knew that he was on my side right. about it, and he was kind of behind me. And then I did my first piece in the school when I was in the company, and mm-hmm. he you know, critiqued me in front of the entire audience, of course. <gasps> It wasn't a bad right, right, right. but it was there was definitely things that you didn't like. There were <laughs> notes. <laughs> exactly. So I just kept going and then I finally got an opportunity to do something on the com- second company and then Judith Jamison when she became the director said Dwight is time you need to do a piece for the for the company and that was kind of my big big entrance entrance yeah. into the choreography. And how many did you how many pieces did you do for Ailey? Uh 3. Wow. Yeah. That's uh, I love that uh, you mentioned him giving you advice like that because I think that choreography is so unusual in a way that you, you don't go to choreography school. You don't. Right. Go, you have to learn yourself. So those moments where you can get the input from a, a master like that must yeah. be really precious to you. It was amazing. He was very, you know, um, he. I think he also under, we we had a similarity is that you know he was studying Romance languages. And someone, you know, turned him on to dance. Mm-hmm. Carmen de Lavalade, as a matter of fact, did that for him. And for me, um, I think that we both he saw the he saw the interest, mm-hmm. and I think that he actually knew that that was probably going to be where I was going to go because I did stop dancing relatively early mm-hmm. because right. I was just really focused on choreography. my work. Yeah, choreograph choreography. Yeah, it sounds so. like when you focus on something, you go all out and focus Both on it. It's like a beeline <laughs> focus. It's like <laughs> crazy, yeah. So when you stopped dancing and decided to focus fully on choreography, were you just a freelance choreographer at that point, or what was the next step? Well, in 1994, when I left the Ailey Company, um, Desmond Richardson and I, who is the co-director of Complexions, mm-hmm. my company, we decided that we were going to do a project in New York, and we were going to invite all these dancers from all of our friends, basically, mm-hmm. from all the major companies in New York, ABT, City Ballet, um, Ailey, of course, Joffrey, you know, and, and some there were other people that were just like amazing dancers that were friends of ours. We just right. kind of wanted to explore. We had been under that you know, the tent of Ailey for a while and we, we, we were doing what we were doing and it was wonderful, but we wanted to go, we wanted something different. We wanted something new. Um, I wanted to use 
um, point shoes. I wanted to like play. And, mm-hmm. and so we got all of our friends together and we made a project and that project was called Complexions. It wasn't a company. Right. How did you finance that right at the beginning? Well, no one got paid. <laughs> there were like 33 or 34 dancers. We were wow. crazy. Yeah. And we were coordinating schedules because everybody had a job. Sure, right? yeah. So they would have their you know, their dance job during the day, and they would come to me in the evening, and I would have rehearsals from 6 to 10. <gasps> but then there were some people who were available during the day, and so it was like a scheduling mm-hmm. nightmare. I'm sure. <laughs> so it was all those challenges facing mm-hmm. you, but then... The passion of it is what seemed to drive that. I mean, the excitement yeah, of collaborating. Exactly. And, and, and you know, we we kind of, you know, put together um, a company that uh, really toasted the idea of diversity when it wasn't really popular to do so. Right. And um, we were all into the fact that this person came from the modern world, this person came from the ballet world. They would have never ended up in a pot of duh together. Right. You know, there would be like a dancer from the Lar Lubavitch because he had a company at mm-hmm. that time. And then, you know... Um, I don't know, city ballet or something. And you're just like, what? Yeah, they they speak a common language here. You know, we all, we come from different places and, and we just fell in love. And Mm -hmm. at the tech rehearsals, when Desmond and I sat there and looked at the stage and for this project, the first project, and we were like, we got to do something with this. This is, this is special. Right. Right. And I've not seen anything like this. So let's do, let's, let's make something. So what was the next step from there? Uh, raise money. <laughs> <laughs> That's a unique um, skill to have, right? As dancers, it's something we never have to deal with. And often talking about money can be very uncomfortable. So how did you find being able to do that? Was it an easy transition for you? It, it still isn't easy. Yeah. It's the hardest thing ever to run a company in America. I mean, because you really are um, really raising the money that you need to do what it is that you want to do. Right. right. So you're always selling yourself, selling your projects, selling your ideas, mm-hmm. you know, getting people to, you know, to be turned on by where you want to go, what right. you want to do with mm-hmm. with your work. So it was like I didn't know what I was doing at all, to be honest with you. I didn't know how to really run a company. Um, many people say it was just a natural fit for me. I mean, you know, I, I probably did everything wrong to figure out how to do it right. <laughs> So 25 years later, let's hope I'm doing it somewhat right. <laughs> but it's it was not – it was just like I don't even know exactly what it is you do to get money. And right. then, you know, I had some people, you know, help me. There were people along the way that said, you want to do an open rehearsal now. You want to invite right. people right. in to see your work, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. Here's what you want to do. So I had, you know, people who helped. Right, right. Yeah. And guide us. So what were some of your initial goals for the company and uh, how did you go about um, achieving them? Well, the initial goals, I think, were um, just to perform everywhere. You know, these, mm-hmm. these, these big dreams as a kid, as a young guy, perform everywhere, you know, all over the world, take the message. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the first tours we did was to Italy and, and it was just really successful. And I think I wanted to make sure, you know, we, we had a message. It was our company at the, at the time we opened, it was called Complexions, a concept in dance. It was just all about unity. It was about sending a message mm-hmm. um, of watching all of this on stage, all these different types of people. And a lot of people, you know, take it down to just racially because, but it really wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't just, yes, they were all from all different backgrounds racially. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That was 
appealing to me. I didn't want everyone to look alike. Right. Um, but then the music we would use would be, you know, everything from classical to pop. Right. So it was just, and, and, and anything in between. And it was just all for a message of unity, mm-hmm. unity and, 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 you know, celebrating differences and watching these different amalgamation of qualities under one roof, like work in a harmonious way. And it, and hopefully if you're sitting in your seat in the audience, maybe you are, taking that yeah. in mm-hmm. but no one was really doing that mm-hmm. as a you know I mean I'm not saying that it didn't exist at all and we made it up because we didn't but we really did it in a big way mm-hmm. um, and I'm, for that I'm really proud that we, we you know we have really kind of stood the test of time with that and and, and stay true to that to that mission yeah. so how do you find dancers that fit into this idea you know it's not the same thing as you've been saying, as, okay, we're this company and our hallmark is that we're all tall and have pretty feet, you know? It's, <laughs> right. uh, it, so you have to find people that are well, distinct really enough tall and pretty, pretty feet. So, <laughs> so we're clear. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know, the, 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 the thing is, is that all my dancers are, have a classical training. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All the girls must dance on point. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like sometimes they're, you know, I have some really tall girls. I have always had really tall girls. So for instance, they could be six feet and then let's put on the point, point. shoe and then yeah. here we go. <laughs> yeah. So I have to always find tall men That's to be able to because a lot of companies them. shy away from that. And it's such a shame because there's so many talented tall dancers. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially the women. Now men, tall men don't get you know, they, of course not. It's, yeah. it's a life. good thing. Yeah, right? exactly. You're a partner forever. Forever. <laughs> yeah. And but, but the women, like I took in some women who couldn't get jobs in some of the more traditional companies right. and they were just kind of like, they were there beautifully trained and couldn't they just, they wanted to dance. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I created, you know, my thing is, is that I create for the person in front of me and that's what I love to do. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why I probably still do this is that I'm really into trying to discover what maybe they don't see or or empower them to, to do something different or mm-hmm. go further. Right. Um, that's the fun part. Mm-hmm. Yes, making ballets is amazing, absolutely, and I can keep making ballets, and I hope that I do. But my point is is that I love the dancer right. in front, and I love to watch them meet the mark and go further right. or, or change their ideas a little bit. Yeah. It's the dancer usually the sort of uh, impetus for your work or do you have other sort of outside inspirations that you're also bringing to the table? Outside inspirations for sure. The world itself. I tend to be, um, I'm a bit of a news junkie. I tend to always know what's going on in the world and it always, I think it affects what it is I want to talk about through the choreography. But dancers are primary for me. I, you know, like the cast that's in front of me really, really um, influence, participate. I don't ask them to make up steps. Mm-hmm. I'll make up the steps. <laughs> but, um, you know, I ask them to influence and, and certainly some of their creativity. I think dancers need to be creative um, and to exercise those muscles as well right. in, in, the, in the mind, imagination. Mm-hmm. All of those things um, are really important to bringing the best out and making something that is, um, you know, provocative or um, good, interesting, rich, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So your work for the Unbound Festival here at San Francisco Ballet is your first work for the company. Has this company always been on your radar that you would be interested to work with them? 
like nobody's business. Yes, <laughs> yes. I would, you know, just waiting for Helgi to give me that call. <laughs> when he finally did, I was really happy. No, I, lo- I love this company. I knew of this company for a long time. I used to, you know, see see the company in New York, and I've seen them in a couple other places. I think at Kennedy Center and. Um, and then Desmond also, Desmond Richardson also guested here to do Othello years mm-hmm. ago. And then it brought me really into uh, this world. And I got to like really watch rehearsals and see. And I always wanted to, to work with this company. I think it's really, um, I couldn't say this, but people think I'm saying this because I'm here. But <laughs> it's really, I think, one of the best companies yeah. um, around yeah. So what was your creative process like for this particular work? There were some challenges in that, um, you know, this big festival, you have to get every choreographer only is going to have so much. Generally, right. a lot of the time if a choreographer is brought in, you get kind of carte blanche of dancers and maybe budget if you're lucky. But uh, for this, you have very specific constraints. So what was that like? It was the time. Yeah. Time was the biggest thing, right? The time was the biggest thing. And I really wanted to, you know, make sure that... Um, I was able to access the, the the beauty of each one of these dancers or as many of them as I could in the time that I had. I didn't want to just come in and just use my only my ideas. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to have the kind of process that I spoke about, which is right. where people participate and influence and let the, the movement. Right. Um, and so it was about time. And um, honestly, my work has a, a real sort of classical base, so it wasn't so hard for them. I mean, they may think, but they may say different. <laughs> um, it's very dense, and there's a complexity to it. So I think that was with the upper body moving as much as I use the upper right. body. I think that it was a challenge in some ways. But these dancers really here can do anything. Right. Um, I mean, and I, I, you guys know that they're just. They're agile. They, 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 they move in whatever way you want them to move. And if they don't have it today, they'll have it tomorrow. Yeah. What was one of the things that surprised you the most about working with the San Francisco Ballet Dancers? Um, because this is such a formidable institution, mm-hmm. I didn't know what to expect. And I probably shouldn't say this, but I, I will. I didn't know if I was going to walk into a company full of divas. Oh, sure. Yeah. And it wasn't open. Sure. And, but I mean, and I say this with the greatest amount of sincerity, it was really, it has been one of the most amazing processes Good. for me because I didn't know what to expect and I was embraced creatively right. and people gave me what I wanted mm-hmm. and not, there was no, there was not one ounce of resistance and there still hasn't been. And we have our premiere coming up. So, Yay. So there, there was just like a, it, they wanted to do it. Right. And I think that's, you know, that's a testament to like what, what has been built here mm-hmm. is that these dancers can go just about anywhere. Yeah. Meaning what? Sleeping Beauty? Okay, sure. cool. No problem. No problem. And then I'll go over here and work with Dwight, mm-hmm. uh-huh. you know, and that's a, that's a, that's a large range. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what has certainly been um, on display over the past weekend and performances that these dancers are just diving in head first into whatever mode they need to go into. But it's the future of ballet. Yeah. I mean, ballet cannot just remain only in one way. Yeah. I mean, every classical company has their classical, um, you know, uh, works for the season, but they also are pushing the form in contemporary now. And other and choreographers these days are also taking classic stories and creating, you know, contemporary, contemporary works. Right. So there's there's the pushing of the form that's mm-hmm. really 
I think, key to the future of ballet. Right. It's, it's just continuing to bring audiences in with mm-hmm. these new and different ideas and, and kind of moving with the world, right. kind of like move with the world. Yeah. But you don't forget about where you came from. Right. Right. You know, you, you still yeah. need a good Swan Lake. <laughs> <laughs> That's certainly on display this weekend. I agree. <laughs> so at this point, we're going to go into our final bit of our interview. We, we call it our lightning round. And we just ask you, it's, <laughs> it's not as stressful as it might sound. It's just, we just ask you a few questions and you think of the first thing that you uh, comes to mind for you. So uh, what choreographer most inspires you? Oh, God. <laughs> There are so many. Well, we can give you yeah. a few. We'll, we'll let you cheat and have a, a few. <laughs> um, I'm going to say Mr. Ailey, Alvin, mm-hmm. um, for his richness. You don't want all that. You just want the answers. <laughs> <laughs> no, we want whatever you want to give yeah. us. <laughs> You're the guest. You get to do what you want. <laughs> I, think, I think certainly um, I'm a huge Balanchine and Robin's buff. And then I'll say Billy Forsyth. Mm. We love to hear the Balanchine. <laughs> um, favorite work that you've created? Um, there was a solo I did for um, Desmond Richardson called Imprint Maya, and it was a solo I just recently did. Yeah. And it's to Maya Angelou poems. Awesome. That's beautiful. Um, what is the dream production you'd like for uh, Complexions? We're giving you a $50 million budget. You can do anything you want. So <laughs> what would it be? Um, it would be a contemporary Swan Lake. Oh, okay. That seems realistic, though. Yeah. You maybe don't need the fifty million for that. You can uh, make it happen. Not 50, I need fifty million <laughs> for the next. I don't know, four years. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, what is an existing work of yours that you would like most like to see San Francisco ballet dancers dance? Uh, one of my story ballets, either my Othello or my Great Gatsby. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much. It's been so fun to talk to you. We appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule today. Thanks for joining us, Dwight. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us this week. We will be back next Monday with an all new episode. In the meantime, subscribe on iTunes so you'll automatically be notified when we publish a new episode. Follow us on Instagram at Conversations on Dance and on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Convo on Dance. See you next week. Thank you for listening. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.